three marathons in six months. I knew someday I wanted to run a marathon, but never did I think I'd run back to back to back marathons. They say the third time is the charm, and it most definitely was with the Boston Marathon. This was a dream of mine since I was a kid, and I couldn't have been more prepared come race day. My legs were fresh, the weather was perfect, and I was able to crush through all 26.2 miles without feeling completely gassed out at the end. Today, we're going to dive into why I wanted to run Boston, the training that happened behind the scenes, and the seven lessons that I learned from this experience. Let's fire it up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bobe. Each week on these solo podcasts, I dive into topics to help you become the best version of yourself. Now, do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. This is just my bearded wisdom that I hope brings value to you. All that I ask is as you guys and gals listen to these solo pods, if you enjoy it at any moment in time, please take a second to screenshot this episode on whatever platform you're listening in on, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. Post it to your IG story. Tag me at Bobe. That's B-O, three Bs, four A's and a Y. Show this podcast on your IG story. Let me know what was the biggest takeaway. How did this episode change your perspective? This is the greatest way for this podcast to grow organically. So please, if you enjoy this content at all, please share it out. It would be oh so much appreciated. And for all those out there that do it week over week over week, I see you and I appreciate you. So please keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Boston Marathon. On April 18th, 2022, at 3.01 p.m., I crossed the finish line on Boylston Street in the heart of Boston to complete the 126th Boston Marathon. If you're watching visually, we'll give you a little sneak peek of what that medal looks like. That's right. Look at that, baby. Just absolutely clean, crisp, just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, so that was the 126th Boston Marathon Uh that was this year, which is just unbelievable. It's been going on for this many years. And words can't describe the feeling I have now looking back on this moment because this truly was a bucket list item 28 years in the making. Growing up 90 miles west of the city in Chicopee, Massachusetts, when Patriots Day rolled around, which is a statewide holiday to commemorate some of the first battles of the American Revolutionary War, you couldn't escape seeing or hearing about the Boston Marathon. It's known as Marathon Monday. This was a big deal, big day, because it is such a respected and honorable marathon that every marathon runner would aspire to cross off their bucket list at some point. My father had ran it back in 1992, and so every year he would pull out his medal and tell my sister and I the stories from when he ran it. He also had created a little scrapbook from uh, the time that he was training and completed it. He had a t-shirt my mom had made him that he ran in, and he still holds on to this memorabilia as if it was yesterday, and it really is something special to him. I can't recall the specific moment, but I just remember being a kid and saying to myself, if my dad did it, someday I want to do it. I wasn't sure when it would happen, but it was planted in my mind and I knew somehow, some way, I would find a way to do it. If you've been following along with me on social media or listening to these podcasts for the last six plus months, then you know the backstory of how I even got into running in the first place. The pandemic hits, needed to adjust my fitness routines like everyone else, 
And running became a new outlet for me to just get outside. I barely could run one mile at first, but I kept at it. And soon enough, I was running seven to 10 miles on a Saturday. Once I was able to get to that distance, I knew that I was within reach of running a marathon, which led me to sign up and complete my first one, the Los Angeles Marathon, back in November of 2021. Life has an interesting way of presenting you certain opportunities at very specific times in your life. So I'm only one month out from LA Marathon. Uh, and I ended up signing up for my second marathon, the Go One More Marathon, presented by uh, Bear Performance Nutrition out of Austin, Texas. Um, and that marathon would be the end of January. So I was essentially signed up for two marathons without having completed my first. So you want to talk about throwing yourself into the fire? That's pretty much what I did. Then only a few weeks out from the Go One More Marathon, I ended up signing up for the Boston Marathon, which was in April. The difference with Boston versus the other two was I was going to be running on behalf of a charity, Dana-Farber, and I was obligated to raise a minimum of $7,500. Boston, you can't just sign up, show up, and run. That's not how it works. You must either qualify by running a separate marathon at a certain pace, depending on your age, or you run on behalf of a charity, which is essentially your ticket into the marathon without qualifying. I was by no means going to qualify anytime soon for my age group. And I like the idea of running for a purpose and representing something so much bigger than myself. So I submitted my application within a week and was fortunate to hear that I was accepted to be part of the Dana-Farber team. For context, for those who are unfamiliar, Dana-Farber is a massive cancer institute out of Boston. I think they're top three in the world. I, I could be wrong. I should have researched that before recording this podcast. And I, and as I'm sure many of you listening, know somebody directly or indirectly who was of uh, somebody who's gone through cancer. And so um, when I found out that I could apply for this team and I got accepted, it was an honor because I know that cancer is something that we all have in some way, shape or form have dealt with um, through knowing people or directly, maybe you've potentially gone through it. So it just felt like such a honorable team to be part of. So now that I was locked in with Dana-Farber, I really wanted to make sure that I showed up to Boston ready to run strong the entire 26.2 miles. I had finished LA without having to stop once. I hadn't trained as hard for the Go One More marathon, and I had to walk a few of the last miles, which I honestly just was not proud of. You want to finish strong, and I, I wasn't able to finish strong at that marathon. Boston was going to be different, and I love just saying that word out loud, Boston was going to be different. I wanted to show up and I wanted to be ready to rip. The first two marathons I had built out my own training program. And having seen this guy, Tom Black on TikTok, a six-time marathon runner and running coach, I felt like this was the perfect time to work with him. I reached out to him and I had him build me out a 12-week program, which had me dialed in for this marathon. Through the app, uh, this platform called V.02, which is uh, what he trains under every week, Tom would update how many miles and the pacing and the days of the week that I had to run, which just made it so simple for me. I didn't have to think about it. I just looked at the app the night before. And I, if it said run six miles the next day, I went out and I ran six. And although there were some days that I didn't want to run, I never missed a training session. Uh, two things. One was I had an accountability partner, Tom. I knew he would see it if I missed a run. Uh, because it was tracked through my Strava app. And two, once again, reminding myself of the bigger picture. Not only is this a bucket list item of running Boston, 
This is on behalf of Dana Farber, something that was just so much bigger than me that I wanted to show up and be ready to go. So I knew that if as long as I give this training 100% of my effort, I would be ready to run Boston. So now that I had the strategy for running and training, I now needed to find some way to raise $7,500 for Dana-Farber. It's a lot of money. And I trusted that I would find a way to raise it within the three months that I had to raise the money, uh, signing up at the end of January, early February, uh, and the race become, um, being in, in April. So through all my social media platforms, direct texts to people and family, sharing it out, we were able to hit that target just days before the marathon, which was a massive, massive, massive win. I didn't promote this, but essentially Dana-Farber allows you to raise up until August. So if you don't hit the money by April, you still have some time to raise the money. But I knew I needed to get this in before the marathon. That's like kind of the whole hype of, of raising is like, I'm running a marathon in three weeks, two weeks, one week, like raise as much money as possible. Um, and I, I just want you to know, if you are hearing this episode right now and you donated, it does not matter how much, if you took the time to donate your hard-earned money, know that I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate you. Every single dollar counts. So thank you for putting truly your hard-earned money towards this amazing organization and for allowing me the ability to cross off a massive bucket list item of mine while doing it for something so much bigger than me. Collectively, the 500 runners for the Dana-Farber team was able to raise north of $6 million for cancer research, which is just incredible. A massive, massive accomplishment. All the while, each of these individuals was on a path to accomplish their own personal goal of completing this marathon. It was just so beautiful of how this whole team was set up. So come April 18th, I was beyond excited to cross that starting line. Let me tell you, I woke up. I stretched and I prepped for the run like I had done so many times before. I was anxious and excited, but what happened uh, was that I just stayed focused on those routines that I had done over and over again, and I didn't overthink it. I just followed the program of how I prepped for every single morning run for the last three months and did the same thing for this marathon. So with over 34,000 runners participating, it was a, logist a logistical chaos to bus riders from the finish line area, which is in downtown Boston, all the way out to the starting line, uh, which is um, east of the um, finish line. It's just a straight shot, 26 miles from east. Uh, I'm doing this wrong. West of the uh, finish line. Uh, it was a 26.2 mile stretch just straight through east all the way into downtown Boston. So, Essentially, there's 10 different start times because there's so many runners. You can't just fire off the gun and tell 34,000 people to start running. It's, it's, just not, it's literally impossible. So they break it down like this. Uh, men's wheelchair, women's wheelchair, hand cycles and duos, professional men, professional women, para-athletics, wave one, two, three, and four. You know what they say, save the best for last. So I was part of wave four, the last group, which started at 11.15 a.m. And lucky for me, I was able to get six rows from the starting line. So once that gun went off, it was pretty easy for me to get into my rhythm and dial in because uh, the pack kind of broke up and I had plenty of space to just lock in. I spoke to Tom, my running coach, a few days before about what my running strategy should look like going into Boston based on the training program that he had put me through the last 12 weeks. 
The course itself starts at a downhill for the first six miles. It steadies out from about mile six to 16. And then you hit Heartbreak Hill uh, from 16 to 21. And then you're in the clear from there, from 21 through the finish line. He gave me my game plan of pretty much pacing me every mile of the race of what that time should look like. And I followed it. And I felt great every step of the way. I used the same fueling and hydration strategy that I had used in previous two in my previous two marathons, which worked for me, uh, which was hydrating every two miles at the water stations. The entire route is filled with uh, water stations every mile. So every two miles, I would fill up on water. And then I would eat a gel pack, which was filled with carbs, caffeine, and calories every five miles just to keep some something burning in my body as I'm burning I think on this marathon was around 3,000 calories of maybe 3,500, just absurd amount of calories. So you combine a strong 12-week training program where I never, never missed a training session. Most weeks, it was five. Then towards the end of the training session, it ended up being four days of the week. I never missed one session. Um, you, You mix a strong training program with a great pacing strategy for the race with the proper fueling and hydration strategy, and you're set up for success. I truly, truly, truly felt great every step of the way throughout this marathon. It was unlike the other two. First marathon in LA, last five miles were tough. I was very much taking it one small little step at a time. Marathon number two, I went Austin. After mile 21, I was gassed and I was walking for two to three miles. Um, and this marathon, I, I, was, I felt great the entire marathon. I don't just say that to say that. I say that because I, I, I really saw what, it, what happens when you actually put in the work and you stay disciplined leading up to it and how much that set me up for success. So all that to say, I pretty much stuck around the same pace for the first 16 miles, which was around eight minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and once I got to Heartbreak Hill at mile 16, I dropped down to around nine minute pace and just looked directly down at my feet and kept moving one foot in front of the other as I climbed the hills. Mile 22 and on, I opened up and I just listened to my body and I pushed it. And surprisingly, my fastest mile was around mile 22, 23, which just goes to show you that the training program worked, that I still had fuel in the tank even then when I was that far into the race. So coming around that corner for that last mile on Boylston Street made the training all worth it. Priceless, priceless feeling. Um, There were thousands of people on both sides of the street screaming and cheering you on. And it just truly was a priceless experience. Crossing that finish line was more than me just completing a marathon. It was crossing off one big bucket list item of mine that was so much of a long time coming. Um, And I'm going to pull up the Boston Marathon app so I can... I forgot to write down the um, final times of what this actual marathon was, just so I have you know exact time. But it essentially was a three-hour, forty-six-minute, and forty-two-second marathon. And uh, yeah, it's it's still just it feels very surreal to me uh, having accomplished that, and I'm extremely honored that I was able to run Boston, run on behalf of Dana Farber, and cross off a massive, massive bucket list item. Many of you have probably seen the video of me, uh, if you follow on social media, of me crossing that finish line, and it was priceless. It was, it was truly a priceless moment. So seven lessons that I learned from training and running the Boston Marathon. 
Number one, do the work even when nobody's watching. Quickly after crossing the starting line, I kept saying to myself, this is the moment. This is what you've been training for. There were thousands of people around me as runners and even more people on the sidelines cheering us on. But the truth of the matter is this, that 99% of the work leading up to the Boston Marathon was done when nobody was watching and nobody was around me. Early mornings on the streets of LA, I would put in whatever miles was scheduled for that day, 4, 6, 10, 12, 16, 22. It didn't matter. I just showed up. And I had to learn to become my biggest accountability partner and do the work. For me, this is a great reminder that any goal we might have in our life, we have to keep chipping away even when nobody is watching or understands what we're working towards. So lesson number one, do the work even when nobody is watching. We have to become our biggest accountability partner and continue to show up daily. Quick break from today's episode, and then we'll get right back to it. Today's episode is brought to you by Tenzo Tea, the greatest matcha brand in all the world. If you head over to tenzotea.co, use my promo code THEBEARDEMAN, all one word, it gets you 25% off every order. I've been drinking this product since the top of 2021, and it has been an absolute game changer. The show is all about helping us reach our inner potential. One way to do that is by making sure you are energized throughout the day. I'm not talking about slamming cold brew coffees every hour of the day. I'm not talking about buying Red Bulls and, and chugging those. Don't get me wrong. I love both of those, but you got to be very mindful of how much caffeine you're intaking during the week and you're trying to be productive at the same time. So the way I've done that, if you're looking visually, is Tenzo. I put a couple scoops of this with a little bit of almond milk every single morning, every single afternoon, twice a day. And it keeps me feeling sustained energy throughout the day. No crazy high, no immediate crash, just nice and level as I'm just crushing through the day, checking things off. 64% of Americans, adults that drink coffee every day, pay the price with dehydration, jitters, anxiety, and headaches. Switching out the morning coffee for matcha helps to stay level-headed, focused, and avoid the coffee crash. Tenzo Matcha contains natural caffeine and L-theanine, which helps you be energized and focused like a Zen monk. I feel focused right now as I'm recording this podcast like a Zen monk. There's 36 milligrams of caffeine per each half table, uh, teaspoon. And as I said, naturally occurring L-theanine, which helps you and makes you feel good. I drink this stuff, as I said, twice a day, and it's been a game changer. If you like some Tenzo, which I highly recommend you try out, head over to tenzot.co. Use my promo code THEBEARDEMAN, all one word. That's 25% off every order. Once again, tenzot.co, THEBEARDEMAN, all one word. Give it a try. It's going to keep you sustained throughout the day. Good energy levels. You're going to crush through the day. Your, your, your to-do list is going to get crossed off. You're going to be wanting to work on the next day to-do list, but you're going to remind yourself it's time to ease our way in. It's time to cool ourselves down. So try it out and I hope you guys and gals enjoy it. Now back to today's episode. Number two, focus on the small steps. When running Boston, I was not worried about anything else except the mile at hand. When I was at mile three, I said, sweet, let's get to mile four and so on and so forth. With the goal of getting to the next, excuse me, with the goal of just getting to the next mile, not worrying about all the miles ahead of me, I stayed focused on the small steps that I was taking along the way. By, excuse me, by compartmentalizing what my focus was on, it allowed me to be present and not get overwhelmed thinking about how many more miles I had left to run. Not only is this important for marathon running, but also in any area of your life that you may be working on today. As I was writing this script for this podcast or as I'm recording it right now, I'm not concerned about anything else except being here right now. This is one small step and that once that one is complete, 
I'll focus on the next one. So lesson number two, focus on the small steps. There is no need to get overwhelmed thinking about what has yet to come. And the best way to do that is by being present and focusing on what is in front of you right now. Number three, push through the bad days. About three weeks before the marathon, I was beginning to hit a wall. Over the last six months of training for these three separate marathons, I was truly really excited for each and every run in the training session, uh, but something had shifted. And I, f- I began to feel obligated to run and wasn't as excited as I once was. It was starting to feel like a job that I didn't want to do. And that made running feel like a force, which was nothing I ever wanted it to become. After a few days, I coincidentally had a call with my friend, Matt Oliveira, who was also training for the marathon as well. And he was running on behalf of another charity called Make-A-Wish. And he accidentally re-inspired me without him realizing or, or trying to do that. So talking to him about what an honor it was to run on behalf of Dana-Farber, for those who couldn't run due to cancer, reignited the fire inside me and reminded me that this run was going to be so much bigger than me and that it didn't matter how I felt. If I didn't want to run, I had to run. I was part of something bigger than me and I had to hold my weight up on on this marathon. Even before the conversation with Matt, I was still forcing myself to show up and run, even though I had zero motivation to do it. Those were the days that mattered the most. Putting on the shoes and getting out there to run, even when my mind and, my mind and body were telling me not to. There are days that I may not feel inspired to record a podcast, to go to an event, to attend a dinner, or whatever. But if I committed myself to doing it, I got to show up. So lesson number three, Push through the bad days. It's inevitable. We may hit a wall and and not have the motivation to do what we need to do, but these are the moments we need to show up. Number four, slow down to speed up. In order to increase your speed as a runner, you actually need to slow down a good portion of your runs so that your body can build a stronger aerobic base. Do you know, does doing this consistently while mixing interval time actually speed you up as a runner? Yes, that's the key. You do this consistently, you slow down, you mix in the interval runs, and then with time, you actually speed up as a runner. Training for Boston was the first time that I attempted following this role, and I saw the results come race day. I've chatted about this concept of slowing down to speed up a few times on this podcast, but I really do believe it can be applied to any area of your life. If we are constantly going full throttle, we don't ever have a moment to assess the direction we are headed and if we're happy with it. Life truly is a marathon and not a sprint. So we must, we, we must stay at a steady pace, but not one that's going to burn us out. By slowing down, we can take a moment to readjust the direction, make pivots, and get clear on what we want and where we want to go. Once we are fully committed to the direction, we can then speed up again. So lesson number four, slow down to speed up. It may feel like we are losing progress in the moment, but we are setting ourselves up for the long term. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Number five, treat your mind and body with care. There's a 0% chance of completing a marathon if you do not take care of your mind and body. Your mind is going to help you continue to push even when you may have those thoughts of wanting to quit, tap out, or skip a training session. 
And the best way that I've learned to take care of my mind is meditating and learning to become an observer of my thoughts. Your body is being pushed to run for long periods of time and it needs to be taken care of properly. The best way that I've learned to take care of my body is stretching, recovery, and rest. Both body and mind need to be in check in order to complete a marathon. And I would also argue that in order for us to reach our inner potential, we need both to be dialed in. It doesn't matter which area of your life is the focus, career, friendships, dating, life experiences, etc. Having our mind and body feeling good then ripples into other areas of our life as well. So lesson number five, treat your mind and body with care. It will ripple into every area of your life as you're able to show up as the best version of you. Number six, be thankful for your supporters. I wouldn't be where I am today in my life if it wasn't for the people that have supported me along the way. I knew early on that no matter what it is that I want to do, I need to become my biggest supporter as everyone else has their own dreams that they're working towards as well. But even then, you take special notice of the people that go out of their way to show love and support to you. To all the people that have cheered me along the way for the training or reached out after completing the marathon, thank you. I can only hope that accomplishing goals like this ripples into inspiring others to do the same with their own life. I do my best to show love and support to others that are on the pursuit of chasing after something that they want because I recognize and know the feeling of what it's like to be on the receiving end of getting that support. So lesson number six, be thankful for your supporters. Never take for granted the people that go out of their way to show love and support. When given the opportunity, do the same for others. And number seven, get started today. Last but not least, get started today. And it has to be said again. Had I not taken that first step to go out and run a mile back in April of 2020, this marathon would not have been possible. The only reason that I've been able to accomplish three marathons is because I took the first step to get started and I never stopped. Sure, there's been some pivots, injuries, hurdles along the way, but no matter what, I've always adjusted and continued to make strides forward. With my podcasting career, I had no idea where it was going to take me in 2016, but I trusted that so long as I put in the work, it'll take me to somewhere great, and it sure has. It takes a lot of courage to take that first step, but once we do, it gets easier because the momentum slowly but surely begins to build. So lesson number seven, get started today. I wouldn't have been able to complete a marathon had I not taken that first step to go run a mile. After that, it is just a game of staying consistent, and then the progress comes. To recap, completing the Boston Marathon was a long-time dream of mine and a moment that I will cherish for the rest of my life. It's another example in my life that we truly can accomplish anything that we put our mind towards. Cut out all the limiting beliefs and don't say, I can't, but instead say, I can. Seven lessons from running the Boston Marathon. Number one, do the work even when nobody is watching. We have to become our biggest accountability partner and continue to show up daily. Number two, focus on the small steps. There's no need to get overwhelmed thinking about what has to what has yet to come. Uh, the best way to do that is by presenting, or excuse me, is by being present and focusing on what is in front of you right now. Number three, push through the bad days. It is inevitable that we will hit a wall. 
and not have the motivation to do what we need to do. But these are the moments that we need to show up. Number four, slow down to speed up. It may feel like we are losing progress in the moment, but we are setting ourselves up for the long term. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Number five, treat your body and mind with care. It will ripple into every area of your life as you are able to show up the best version of you. Number six, be thankful for your supporters. Never take for granted the people that go out of their way to show love and support. When given the opportunity, do the same for others. And number seven, get started today. I wouldn't have been able to complete a marathon had I not taken that first step to go run a mile. After that, it is a game of staying consistent and then the progress comes. Challenge for listeners, spend 10 minutes within the next 24 hours and write a list of bucket list items that you've always wanted to cross off. It doesn't matter what it is, just write it down. After you have that list, start at the top and cross off one item at a time. Some items may take longer than others, and there's going to be certain items that maybe you're working you're working on while focusing on other bucket list items. But no matter what, excuse me, take the moment, take a moment within the next 24 hours and make that list and start chipping away at the list. Questions from the State Alden community. Uh, submitted this. I posted this on my Instagram story, and you guys and gals submitted some questions. Tony Nash, what did you say to yourself to keep going? Uh, that, that's, that's honestly is really important because this is what I always tell myself. One small step at a time. Focusing on the micro steps made all the difference for me. Kevin, were you nervous putting yourself out there to raise the funds? 7,500 is a good amount of money, but I truly trusted that I would find a way to raise it. And I knew that even if no one donated, I was ready to put on a credit card and find a way to pay it off. This opportunity was something that I couldn't miss, and I knew the money was going towards something so important, but I just trusted that it would fall into place by the time that the marathon came, and I also was putting in effort often to try to bring awareness to raising that money. Matty Torres, what was something that you didn't expect to feel but felt? That's a great question. I knew that coming into the last couple of miles, the crowds were going to be big, but I didn't realize how emotional that would make me feel. I was filled with just pure excitement, joy, and love coming into the last four miles of that marathon. And it was truly, truly incredible. My father chimed in. Of the three marathons, which one is your favorite? They're all very special to me, but as the saying goes, the third one is the charm. Boston takes the number one spot, no question about it. And lastly, Kevin, what's next? That's, that's a great question, Kevin. To be honest, I'm not sure. Nothing is firmly locked in just yet. I definitely want to take a few months off from having like a strict training program and kind of get back into community fitness workouts and being a little bit more free-flowing. Tentatively, I could see myself shooting for the New York City Marathon, which would be in November, um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm open to seeing what comes across my lap and kind of going from there, but that's definitely something that I'm trying to figure out for myself, Kevin, so it's a great question. If you are interested in hearing more about the LA Marathon or the Go One More Marathon, as I've both mentioned previously, both of them throughout this episode, uh, linked up below in the description, I will have direct links to episode 143, the LA Marathon, and then episode 165, the Go One More Marathon. Uh, you might be curious to want to check them out, um, and maybe not, but figured I'll link them up just in case since I did talk about them uh, today. 
There was no pod review of the week. If you want to be next week's pod review, head over to the iTunes podcast app and leave a one word, one sentence review. That definitely helps grow the show on iTunes. If you're a Spotify listener, uh, under the album art of the podcast, I'm on the podcast page. If you type in it's the beauty man podcast and you get to my page and you see the feed there's, uh, under the album art, there's a, you can leave a one to five star rating. I think we have about 72, 73 stars right now or rating, excuse me. And, I, and I'm really happy with that. It's a great number. Um, if you're a Spotify listener, please leave a one to five star review today. And it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. If you enjoyed today's specific episode on the Boston marathon, uh, please screenshot this episode on whatever platform you're listening in on. Post it to your story. Tag me at Bob A. That's B-O, three B's, four A's and Y. Check out the podcast and your story. Let me know. How did this episode change your perspective? Are you going to go run a marathon? What What's the bucket list on them you're going to be working towards next? I'd be very curious to know. So please uh, post that up and, and tag me. That's it. Episode 187, the Boston Marathon. Crossing off a bucket list item. Focus on the small steps. Do the work when nobody is watching and push through the bad days. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya.